We've all heard of emotional intelligence. That's maybe been out, what, 10, 15 years and having an emotionally intelligent workforce. But I don't know if a lot of companies truly understand the depth of benefit that can become from managers and in a work culture that adopts that. There was a study of manufacturing supervisors that were following after emotional intelligence training and significant improvements had been revealed. For example, lost time accidents were reduced by half. Formal grievances were reduced by 20%. And that specific plant productivity revenues were $250,000 beyond goal. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Welcome, everyone, to Portage County Safety Council's podcast. I'm Nick Coya, one of the co-hosts of the uh, podcast, and I am excited to be working on our Ohio Safety Congress 2023 Spotlight Series. Mike Thompson and I took some time to look at a list of presenters that will be in Columbus, Ohio, March 8th through the 10th at the Ohio Safety Congress and Expo, and we selected what we believe are going to be some of the best presentations that are happening down in Columbus. And we reached out to those presenters and asked them to do a highlight series for us on their presentation to get to know them a little bit more before you head down to Ohio's and the Midwest's largest Safety Council, uh, Safety Congress and Expo. So with that said, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome today's guest, Ruth Bodesh. Thank you so much, Ruth, for being with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and how you got involved with Ohio Safety Congress. Sure. So I am a a licensed independent chemical dependency counselor, but I'm also a certified employee assistance professional. So an EAP and I'm a substance abuse professional as well. And I have been working in the drug and alcohol testing industry for many, many years. So that's how I kind of got my foot into the door with VWC many, many years ago doing the drug-free safety program trainings. I've been doing those for for years. And so I've kind of had this uh, background of getting up in front of people and talking and When I had an opportunity to go back to school and to get my graduate degree, I went for psychology and life coaching to kind of broaden past just substance use. And it's really allowed me to now focus on things like positive psychology and different things and and really the leadership programs that companies have, um, just kind of building a better workforce. That's awesome. You know, safety comes in all different perspectives. We're always looking at it from new angles. And your presentation positive psychology, the science of being happy, just gets me excited because, you know, Mike and I talk about this all the time. Culture and mental stability and the happiness of our employees really drive safety in an organization. Unhappy people are not paying attention. They're more likely to be injured. There's so many things that happen with it. So tell us just a little bit about your presentation. What are you looking to cover in this topic for us? You think about what we've been through. I mean, I know we're all sick of hearing about the pandemic, but it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, And there are some pretty significant side effects like record inflation, pandemics, political unrest, uh, increased substance use, and work trends such as employees quitting their jobs at record rates. I mean, we're all feeling the pressure here. When I start talking about positive psychology, it can be implemented in workplaces regardless of size or industry to promote aspects that empower those individuals, empower organizations, and ultimately empower those communities to thrive by, by changing that mindset. I mean, like you said, think about safety on the job, right? It requires focus. It requires attention to detail. It requires being in the here and in the now. And if we're dealing with things personally, then that's ultimately going to affect our safety. I mean, most of us want to keep work at home and, uh, you know, work at home separate as possible. 
But now, I mean, come on, that's not that's not reality, right? I mean, if you're having a rough day at work, it's going to distract your family time and vice versa. Work-life balance is a term that has come, uh, you know, pretty well known uh, across the country. And it's defined as this state of balance where a person equally prioritizes the demands of your career and your personal life. Well, here's the thing. I've been doing this for a minute and I've been a business consultant and I've been a life coach and a business coach. And I have come to the determination that work-life balance is a myth. 100% it is a myth. And what happens when we start talking about that is instead of focusing on a comprehensive life, we're acting as if work and life are at opposite ends of a spectrum and competing against one another. I mean, how can we find peace if two parts of who we are end up in conflict with one another? In my opinion, you are who you are regardless of your environment. If you focus on building yourself up, on establishing positive psychology skills, then balancing work and life become just one thing, yourself, balancing yourself. And that allows you to learn how to properly prioritize things like safety. You know, and we've talked about this for many years. I remember when I first got involved in work, they said, you know, when you come to work, you put your work hat on. When you go home, you put your home hat on and they separate. I'm like, there's just no way that can happen. But I've also started to see a trend in America where and, you know, there's different opinions about about work um, priority and balance. But as the younger generations are work, entering the workforce, it's really they, they're trying to find that work life balance, but they're really trying to find that life outside of work and, and work doesn't define them as much anymore. And I think that causes some tension in the workplace, but they're really finding a new way for happiness. Their happiness isn't always defined by the workplace. Sometimes it's defined by what's happening outside of work, too. Well, a lot of times it is. And then we are seeing, like I do a presentation on multi-generational workforces. And so you can definitely see a difference between the older population and the younger population. But it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about looking at things from a new perspective. We've all heard of emotional intelligence, right? Like that's that's yeah. maybe been out, what, 10, 15 years and having an emotionally intelligent workforce. But I don't know if a lot of companies truly understand the depth of, of benefit that can get, that can become from managers and, and a work culture that adopts that. There was a study of manufacturing supervisors that were following um, after emotional intelligence training and significant improvements had been revealed. For example, lost time accidents were reduced by half, formal grievances were reduced by 20%, and that specific plant productivity revenues were $250,000 beyond goal. And so we look at not only how is is our emotional capacity affecting us, it's affecting others, but then positive psychology teaches us how to basically take a negative or, or a bad situation and find out how to turn it around so we can have, you know, a better day, things along those lines. So when I think about the workplace and I think about, you know, what I like about it, you know, I want to have some fun at work. I want it to be positive. What are the things that we can start to do different in the workplace to create that positivity? How do we change that from the daily grind of you're just here to do work to, hey, let's let's get production done. Let's get work done, but let's get it done in a happy, safe environment at the same time. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with leadership. And this does have to start from the top. And, and work itself down uh, through, through all of the different hierarchies of a company, we have to focus on creating psychologically safe work environments. And what that means is that even if you are in a leadership position, even if you are you know, in that corporate world, you have to be willing to realize that you don't know everything, right? And that a lot of times when I work with companies and they're, they're large organizations, 
it's like the, the people who are making the decisions that are on the top rung, they're making decisions that are affecting the boots on the ground, as I call them, and they're not necessarily realizing the true depth of what that one decision they made and how it's affecting their workflow. So if we could open up communication within companies and understand that we do need to uh, cultivate appropriate feedback and communication between all of the levels and also understand that you want their input, right? Because they're the ones who are actually going to be implementing this. And if it doesn't work, by the time it gets to the C-suite level of individuals, like damage has already been done. And now we're putting into a position of where we have to fix these things. I mean, think about safety, right? If you have a psychologically safe work environment, one of my best stories here that I've, that I've heard was there was a pilot. He was a new helicopter pilot. And his superior was going through the, the, the machine to make sure that everything was, uh, was, was correct, all the gears and, and, and things along those lines. Well, the new pilot recognized that there was one thing that, that his superior had not checked. And so at that moment, he had to decide, is it okay for me to question my superior? Is it okay for me to correct him? And if he did not have a psychologically safe work environment and he would have then felt the obligation to to fly that aircraft, there could have been significant catastrophes based on that. So it's very, very important that we cultivate that psychologically safe work environment. We have to change the mindset. We have to realize that what people think and what they feel is going to affect our bottom line. It's going to affect accidents. It's going to affect productivity. It's going to affect everything. You know, I think that's one of the key components of a good, solid leader is their ability to not always just know the technical aspects of the work they're doing, but it's about leading people and being able to build communication and build relationships. Mm-hmm. Factories that I walk into and when I'm walking with the safety director, the ones that when they walk the floor, they walk up and they're like, hey, Joe, how was your kid's baseball game last night? Hey, John, you know, how did how did your bowling tournament go? Whatever it is. Those that know their people on a personal level tend to have safer shops happening because they're communicating and they built this relationship. And, and I think that kind of ties into this positive psychology then. It's really more than just that relationship. They've created a safe space. And, and we use that term loosely, right? But safe space where people feel they can speak up and, and, and give their opinion on pieces. Compared to other facilities I go to, and when we were setting up the safety committee, we all know that one person that we can't put on the committee because nobody's going to speak. It's that I don't want to call them toxic because maybe they're really good at their work. They're just not good at relationship pieces. No, I think that's that's a great point. I mean, a comprehensive safety plan has to include a level of psychological safety because we cannot expect one person to know everything and to be able to look at every different angle. It's just unrealistic. And when we look at positive psychology specifically, what we're focusing on is you, Right. So I'm focusing on you. I'm focusing on the individual in order to take this message of positivity, of, of understanding what this actually means, of, of being more than simply a positive mood. When we look at happiness, you know, it's a state of well-being that encompasses living a good life, one with a sense of meaning and deep contentment. The, the fundamental goal of positive psychology is to enhance flourishing lives, businesses and communities by implementing those positive tools and interventions throughout our life cycle. So we teach that in the positive psychology. And then what we're hoping is that those business leaders or those individuals, safety managers are, are looking at themselves and yeah. saying, why do I come to work every day? 
why is this my profession? Why did I go into safety? Or why did I go into manufacturing? Or why did I go into whatever it happens to be? What am I getting out of, of this? Do I take a sense of pride in knowing that what I did today could have saved a life? Do I take a sense of pride of knowing that the measures that we're going through are literally changing workforces across America and we are seeing a reduction in off-time accidents and we're seeing all of these things? You know, basically, it's kind of taking it back to basics and saying, why are you in that job? And, and how do you find your passion in what you do every single day? Then we, we give you the tools that you take now back to your organization, back to your company, and now you're going to start you know, asking your staff that. I'm the managing director of on-demand healthcare, right? So I have a lot of people that I'm responsible for and I work for them 100%. And they have to know that they can come to me. But I try to use this as a way of going, if there's a problem, then it's, it's going to be okay, right? The best way to describe positive psychology in a very rudimentary way is someone who is a positive thinker. Nothing against positive thinking, but it is different than positive psychology. Positive thinking, if you're sick, okay, you've got a cold, you've got a flu. Positive thinking is going to go, I am not sick. I am not sick at all. I'm not sick. And we don't want that because you're not going to get the treatment that you need then. But then we also have the opposite of that, right? The people who are always pessimistic, misery loves company, like I'm sick. I'm never going to get better. I'm always going to be sick. Well, then you're not going to get better. So positive psychology steps in and, and uses this ideology of saying, okay, I'm sick, but I'm going to get better. And that's the mentality that we want to see in workforces because it allows people to take ownership of their jobs. And now we're no longer going, well, I guess I have to do lockout tag out because I'm going to lose my job if I don't do that. Or I have to wear my PPE. I have to get my safety glasses on because if I don't, I'm going to get rode up. No, 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 change that mentality. I want you to want to wear those safety glasses because if you don't, you're going to get injured. And I want you to also realize that you work for a company that cares about your health and well-being and they provided that PPE or whatever it happens to be to you because it's about you. Does that make sense? No, it does. And actually, I've just been reading this book recently called uh, Think Like a Monk. And it's really interesting. He talks about this and you're, the way that you perceive things and the way that you react to it and your emotions around it affects everybody around you. Mm -hmm. and when you're surrounded by the negativity, the, the frustrations, that's how you're going to be. But you can be the changing force of that. It starts inside with you and how you perceive and how you respond to things and how you think about it can really have an effect. And I think that could start to spur throughout the organization. I think we can all think of a leader that we've sat in a room with and we're inspired by because of how they approach pieces. That's exactly what we're hoping for. When we think about happiness, I think most of us are thinking about those little sparks of joy that we get from, you know, my son bringing home all A's or, you know, getting that winning touchdown or whatever it happens to be. Like those are little sparks of joy. But when we talk about the science of happiness, um, what we're talking about is a comprehensive idea of happiness, a state of mind of, of happiness. And when we can achieve that, or we can work towards that, we can then propel that out to the rest of our environment, whether it's at home or it's at work. And we can realize that where we are right now, all right, is not going to be where we are tomorrow or the next day or the next year. So if we do not like where we are right now, then we can make a change right now to change tomorrow. And I think it's that level of empowerment 
that we need to see because think about, okay, here, think about a tsunami, right? A tsunami starts miles and miles off of the coast and it starts with, you know, a little bit of a movement, but then it has all of this power that ends up coming with it. And then it ends up, you know, being this devastating force of nature. And that you compare that now to a drop of water in a pond. You can see if you can build that level of momentum in a company and in an organization because of the culture, because you're promoting positive psychology, think about how far that organization or that company can go because you're having that the tsunami level of momentum within your employees versus one or two people who feel happiness trying to make these little drops of water in, in, in the surface. And it might be changing the surface for a little bit, but there's not, we don't have that underlying force that we want to see to really promote, you know, real change in an organization. And then you can do that at home too, right? Like, so that's why I said work-life balance, it's no such thing, it's you. You are the one that can do this. Yeah, and I really like the fact that you hit on the fact, on the point that it's not just work, it's at home, it affects us our home too. And I really like to drive pieces home, not only in the workplace, but people buy into it more when it has an effect outside of work too. So as we get ready for Columbus, we're heading down here in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited to see your presentation. I'm going to try to carve out some time to come meet with you one-on-one and see your presentation. What is your call to action to our listeners? They're getting ready. What is one thing they can do today to have a positive change in their life? What, what, what's your call to action? Well, I think that it has to start with a mentality change. And what I would love for people to, to put their wrap their head around is grasping the concept that happiness is a choice, that it's not gonna be something that you're gonna be given, and it's not gonna be something that you even earn. It is something that you have to choose. And if we can start thinking about what that means, we can then expand on that and truly create you know, differences one person at a time. I mean, and that's how we change the world, right? one person at a time. But but that would be my, my takeaway is I want people to start changing their mindset and realizing that happiness isn't about what happens to us. It's about us and it's about an internal change within us. And, and it's so important for people to start thinking of that as even a possibility. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. This is great information. I'm really excited to hear your presentation. For our listeners that maybe are really motivated by this today, they want to get a hold of you, your organization, where can they find some more information about you at? So our website is www.ondemandochmed.com and you can definitely go through there. There's a, a form for you to fill out if you want some information. They come directly to me. So you are welcome to do that. We have all of our contact information, phone numbers on all of that information. So by all means, and I do travel just stating this message. So if if anybody has any questions, I'm always happy to answer them. That's what I do. All right. Once again, thank you so much, Ruth, for being on with us today to our listeners. We look forward to seeing each and every one of you down at Ohio Safety Congress and Expo this year, March 8th through the 10th. It's going to be at the Greater Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. We're excited to bring this back in person. We will see you all there. Until then, everyone be safe. Hosted annually by the Ohio BWC, the Ohio Safety Congress and Expo is the largest free workplace safety event in the United States. This year's event will be live and in-person on March 8th through the 10th, 2023 at the Greater Columbus Convention Center in Columbus, Ohio. With over 8,500 attendees and exhibitors, three days of networking, 100-plus education sessions, and 72,000 square feet of exhibit hall and demo space, this is definitely one event that you do not want to miss. For more information or to register for free online, visit their website at www.ohiosafetycongress.com. Thanks for listening.
We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn an Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.com.